Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. A new campaign in the UK called Not My Shame, or hashtag Not My Shame, you can look it up on Twitter if you want, or Facebook, is hoping to turn the tables on the shame that can often, sadly, accompany the conversation of child sexual abuse. Now, this is quite a heavy topic, but a very important topic, and uh, we could never cover it without the generosity of those who have survived this horrific abuse and their willingness to share and advocate for others. Tonight, we will talk to one such survivor, Emma Jane Taylor, is the founder of the charity project 9010. Uh, she is a campaigner and creator of Not My Shame, the movement, and a successful thought leader, educator, and author of Don't Hold Back. In 2022, she published The Real Silence, a magazine focused on sharing the hidden views of child sexual abuse, the first magazine in the UK offering news in that particular way. And as I mentioned, she herself is a surviving child sexual abuse. Uh, she is currently travelling the world, focusing on empowering other survivors, and she joins me on the line now to talk about her campaign. Uh, good evening to you, Jane. How are you? Hi, Niall. I am good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on tonight to talk about this. I'm sorry we had a few technical issues getting you there. I think that I think the lightning in the area is playing havoc with all our technology tonight. Well, yeah. hopefully we have it all sorted out. But look, I mean, it's an interesting idea of, I suppose, you know, not my shame. In other words... It's, you know, trying to take that stigma away from being a survivor of sexual abuse. I mean, so when, when did it start for you, by the way? You know, Niall, I've been sort of thinking about this as I've sort of been sort of doing this campaign. And it was, a re- it was around sort of like three years ago. I mean, I've been in and out of therapy for, for many years. And then about two or three years ago, I was working in this space and, you know, a lot of the work that I do sort of around the media and there's always the news about the perpetrators. We're always hearing about, you know, what they're doing. And I just thought, you know, I'm sick of this. I am so sick of this. We don't focus enough on survivors of child sexual abuse. They are constantly triggered by news items, media, um, sensationalized stories. And they shouldn't be because it really isn't their shame and silence. And, you know, there they are really struggling in silence yeah. and I thought you know what I'm just I, I'm sick of it I've had enough because um, it's not my shame it's not their shame and so I kind of I said it out loud and I was like whoa that's quite empowering to be able <laughs> it to is. say that yeah. because it really you, Do you know, know what it feels good to talk about things doesn't it it feels it good really sometimes does. when you get things out yeah Totally. And, you know, you kind of go, it's not my secrecy. It's not my thing. It's the perpetrator's silence and secrecy. But for all those years, we were led to believe it was ours and that we'd mm. done something wrong and we should keep it quiet. And I thought, you know what? I'm done with that. I started stepping forward. I put the quote out maybe like 18 months ago, maybe two years. And then I put it out again last year. And I thought, right, I'm going to put it on a T-shirt now. Um, and I'm just going to put it out there. And it's been, I can't tell you, it's so overwhelming um the amount of people that have come forward to say actually Jay, can i wear a t-shirt can i get one and so i got a couple made for some people and then a few others were like actually and i thought i can't do this on my own i'm going to have to really sort of think quickly on my feet you need to expand to the business lap. here I so to, to speak expand. yes yeah and so i set up this shop and it's now selling in america australia dubai canada well, europe done. uk south africa it's making something very positive out of something very negative in your life, which Absolutely. in turn, which in turn is, as you rightly said, empowers you to do that. I mean, it's really empowering, isn't it? And I, I was really talking really to Jane. Is. 
we were talking about you coming on earlier on, my producer Jay, myself, and where we're talking. We were talking about different things, and I was born in a mother and baby home, and I remember I was talking to her about my before my mother died, and she told me certain things that I didn't know about her, and my father, and and I said, you know, and I was talking to Jane, and while I was talking to Jane about it. It felt good to talk about things like that because you kind of keep them to yourself. I said to Jane, I'm a great person for bad things or negative things that have happened in my life. I put them in the back of my mind. And every now yeah. and again, you kind of take it out and feel sad and then just put it back in again. But it's good to get it right out there and just say it as yeah. it is because it makes you feel so much better. It does. And I, you know, I spend, I spend a lot of time over, over my years going, I need to focus positively on, on situations. So I try to uh, uh, focus on anything that comes in that's slightly negative. How can I make that positive? How can I learn? How can, I, how can that become a constructive conversation? I've spent so many times in that dark, bitter, you know, horrible space of, you know, blame and negativity and secrecy. And I'm just, I'm done with it. You know, listening yeah. to your listener, you know, I was a drinker. I was a drug user. I was an addict. I was... You know, I was and, 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 because that was my coping mechanism until I was 23. And I, and I decided to stop that, go into therapy. I'm 50 now. I haven't touched a drop of alcohol or taken any, um, anything illegal since. And I think that, that was like my journey. I never thought I'd be here, Niall. I had nothing, you know, I had just wanted to feel better in my life. Um, yeah. And, well, and I think that's and all. That's, guess, that's what I said to James before you come on. I think we all just want to feel better because, yeah. as I said to James, he's a wonderful man. He's now in recovery. He's turned his life around. He's got a job. And, and I said, mm. you know, we only get one life. And I suppose, you know, if sadly you've been the victim of sexual abuse or, or you're an alcoholic or you're a gambler or whatever it is you've had in your life and that's, that's turned your life upside down, you mm. then have to start thinking to yourself, I'm only getting one one shot at this. When I die yeah. or the day before I die, am I going to look back and say, oh, I should have had a more positive outlook because now I'm going yeah. and I'm not getting another go at it. So well, is, is that really someone, what it's about? One, I remember someone saying to me many years ago, don't get to the end of your life having regrets. And I thought, actually, do you know what? That's been quite a powerful thing for me. And um, my stepfather says never get complacent in life. And I think those two things have been really powerful. And so with this campaign now, it's being able to give other people that opportunity. Maybe people who had kind of been stuck in that, what do I do next? How do I get out of this? Can actually go, right, okay, look, I'm going to just put it out there. It's not my shame. And that will help me and empower me to feel better about myself. And, 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 and they'll start taking their steps forward to heal. And so it's closing that gap of pain, right? You know, if we can close that down and give someone the encouragement to remind them, to, to, to know that this wasn't their fault, they've done nothing wrong, they were a child, um, and they can start having a different thought. It's putting that, you know, it's just dropping that, dropping that, you know, stone in the, in the pond, and it's a ripple, isn't it? In, and people yeah. start going, actually, that's a different thought process, and I hadn't had that previously. Um, and it well, might we've not seen, be it, we've seen it with many movements in the past, including yeah. Me Too and other movements like that, when somebody comes out and, and owns what happens to them, and I know one yeah. of your, one of your, the, some of the merchandise you sell, for example, one of them says, I'm not afraid to say I was sexually abused as a child. It's not my shame. And, but it's the same as any other kind of movement that we've seen in relation to people, you know, who've had bad experiences in life. When you come out and say it, other people then go, but you know what? That happened to me too. Let me share my experience. Oh, yeah. And that happened to me. And, and it's, a great, it's great to see that because then you, then, you know, you're, I'm not on my own. Yeah. Um, and that's it, nothing, you know, that's such a true, true, no truer word spoken there. And um, the amount of people that have been coming forward to me, who were anyway, because of the world that I live in, but now it's 
it's gone poof, it's gone spectacularly big mm. and uh, I, I'm really blessed because there's a lot of people around the campaign who've joined me they're in that they're in a picture a collage I know some of them are listening tonight so a big shout out to them um, and, I, and I know and you've I, got a few uh, UK soap stars and pop stars yes, and journalists soap and stars and pop stars and journalists. I, even, I was at an event with Michael Parkinson and we were about to have, I had the T-shirt on, I, we were about to have a picture. And I said, look, do you want me to cover up my T-shirt? He said, no, I support you. Leave it open. And oh, well done. I thought, yeah. That what a legend. I mean, I, he was always a legend, and now he was like even. And he said, "Look, if I can do anything to support, I mean, you know, that would be it." So yeah. Um, so yeah. So I've had a really big response already, and more people are coming forward um, all the time um, to support me with this. So yeah, it's been great. I've got Matt Hoy, of course, he was in UB40, um, yeah. and, and so journalists on your Poulton. Um, I've got some soap stars. They haven't come out yet. They're just about to. So I'll be launching that over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, and of course, obviously, all the people on the collage who are superstars, they're rock stars to me because they are, they are the voices that can help so many other people. And, um, you know, just tonight, some uh, of them are in, uh, there's someone in Sydney, there's someone in USA listening. There's like so many people are like really wanting this to be, um, something in their life as well. And for that, I will be I think grateful. It's wonderful. I, I think it's a wonderful yeah. idea. And it reminds me, you mentioned soaps there a few minutes ago. I'm a bit of a secret fan. I shouldn't say this out loud. I'm a secret fan of Coronation Street. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, well, more recently... Well, you might be lucky then when this uh, comes out. <laughs> <laughs> more recently um, there's been a storyline in Coronation Street there's been two storylines one about a stalker uh, stalking Daisy in the bar but the, the other one was about Amy who was sexually abused and raped and you know wouldn't it be wonderful on the show if they could get somebody if they could get Amy who now has to accept the fact that the guy that raped her is going to get away with it because she doesn't have any evidence but it wouldn't it be wonderful to have her wear it on the show because I just think that would bring so yeah. many people out you know, to have yeah. something like that happen. I think it's great. And, yeah, and, let's put it and out I think there. This applies. Amy from yeah. Coronation Street. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it applies to everybody and to every situation that people find themselves in. Uh, recently, we had, on the radio station here, we had a bullying campaign for people who are bullied mm. as children or bullied in the workplace. And the amount of people that came out and we men, grown men and women crying on the air, but really happy that they were allowed to tell their story. They, they probably were afraid yeah. to tell that story before. Uh, and Ireland, of course, as you know, has a very dark history of sexual abuse mm-hmm. when it comes to yeah. religious orders uh, and things like that as well. So we have a, a dark history there. And I think it's really important for people to tell their stories and really important for people to face up to it and and understand that there's no shame. The idea, when we see these, you know, these perpetrators, you know, be it a priest here in Ireland or whatever it is, being marched into a courtroom and glorified on television and we see the court mm. cases and all this kind of thing and their their names are mentioned all the time. And, and I understand the name of the victim sometimes is not mentioned to protect their anonymity. But in saying that, you know, we only ever hear about the perpetrators. We, we tend to yeah. forget about the victims. And that's what I got totally fed up with, Niall. You know, I was reading... Um there was an article on Maxwell and she was talking uh, from her prison cell um, about her relationship with Prince Andrew. And I was just like, why is she being given columns in the national press? I mean, you know, what she's done, what she's been yeah. aligned with, with the Epstein. Or, or, why yeah, is she per- being... She's a, yeah, I mean, going around and procuring young girls for him. Yeah. Absolutely. And so yeah. now that she's being sensationalized, she's in the national press. You've got the Epstein, you've got the Savills, you've got the Royal Paris. I mean, we don't know. If they've done the crime, put them away, put them away, in my opinion, for the rest of their life. Don't let them out. Um, and, um, 
and that's it. Don't be, let's not hear any more about them. Let's not make it a news story. But of course, that becomes a news story later on because of, you know, something might happen yeah. or they have a relationship with someone. But why? I mean, just why? When you think about the devastation that's been done to a survivor's life because of a perpetrator, and in, this, in these instances, you've got um, high-profile perpetrators. The survivors who are keeping anonymous for obvious reasons, there'll be people triggered around them. It'll be it's like, a, like dominoes. Even people who haven't been associated with that case will be triggered because of the news, because of you know, the sensationalized story and, and, and without a lot of care and consideration to the survivors. And we need to turn that around. And that's what this is doing. It's turning it around, going, look, hey, this isn't our shame. Let's make it about the survivors. Think about, look at what they've gone through. Learn from them. Maybe you can find some education to help prevent child sexual abuse from happening. Otherwise, we're just going around in circles, Niall. And we Absolutely. need to break it. And so by, by putting this campaign out, we're going, right, we're stamping down now. We're, we're putting our mark on this conversation, uh, getting it out there. Um, and being, you know, the chink in that, in that, you know, in that cog, and just and is saying, there still, is there still a stigma? I mean, when you look back many years ago, you know, people who were victims of sexual abuse, they didn't open their mouths because, for some reason, society, yeah. well, particularly here in Ireland, a very conservative society, they were led to believe they kind of deserved it. Um, that that all changed, thankfully, and we now understand what happened or have a better understanding of what happened to both boys and girls uh, going back mm. in those days. Do you think that the stigma is still, a, is there still a stigma to being yeah. an abuse survivor? I think so, absolutely. And I think it also depends on what stage you are in your um, I, I called it my recovery years because that's what I kind of felt that I had to go through. So when you look at me at 23 and, you know, you bear in mind that our brains haven't really developed until late 20s, sometimes you know, closer to your 30s. Um, you're starting to understand stuff that you might not have understood as a teenager, early 20s. You know, I was a late developer because of what I'd gone through with my own story. So I was around 23, 24 when the penny started to drop by the severity of what had happened to me. I then ha was able to go into therapy. I, I stopped drinking um, and doing everything else. Now, my therapy at that point from sort of 23 into my 30s, it wasn't like every week, but it was consistent throughout that time. I never thought about speaking up because it was embarrassing. I was mortified that that had happened to me. I was felt dirty. I felt like just ashamed of myself. Um, and so, you know, I go 30s into 40s and you're starting to sort of get a bit stronger because of the story. Um, yeah. And then it was in my 40s when I started speaking out. I was 45 when I started speaking out, 44, 45 when I started speaking out for the first time. I would never have considered doing that in my 20s, 30s because my mindset was in a much different, you know, I was, I was underdeveloped, my maturity, I was probably going through all sorts of complications. And, then, with and not only that, society. But society yeah, changed and, and, around you as well. It did. And you yeah. of course, you, you know, you had the Me Too. Anyway, when I'm, I was a 1972 baby, so when I got to the sort of 80s, 90s, these things just weren't talked about. And they are talked about more, but they're still an embarrassment for people to talk about. But they are. I think we're moving forward. Yes, we're absolutely moving yeah. forward. Are we moving I, forward as fast as people would like? No. Um, you probably face it more with these conversations because of the work that you do on the radio. Um, but as a whole, most people just don't really want to have these conversations unless they are a survivor or they know someone who has gone through this trauma. Other than that, they don't want to know that it's even happening, so they won't entertain a conversation. And they're the people we need to reach.
And I, I know you're also an educator and you're also an author. You have a book out called Don't Hold Back. But do you, are, do you ever talk to parents of children of, or, you know, who have been abused, for example? Or have you ever talked yes. to, you know, the, the guardians of these children on how to, you know, help those children if, they, if I suppose they come out early in life? Yeah, and I think, you know, through my work on social media, you probably you are reaching people without realising you're reaching people because I do a lot of sort of blogging and, and put things out there and challenging questions and conversations. So you are having that conversations without knowing you're having them. Um, a lot of people don't want to be public about it. Yes, so I directly, if, um, if, a, if a family comes to me to... to to mentor their child who's gone through abuse. I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a therapist, I'm a mentor. Um, I then uh, speak to the parents about how they can support their child um, and they obviously have advice with their therapists and counsellors. As for speaking to parents about how to prevent child sexual abuse, social media, the work that I'm doing, I go into schools occasionally and obviously I've got the charity which will be looking at doing lots of safeguarding with young people, um, mm -hmm. safeguarding teams and parents. But it's very hard, you know, if I was to say, look, next week I'm going to be in London doing a talk for parents about how to prevent child sexual abuse. People don't even really want to talk about that. It's quite dark. It's quite, you know, it's quite a sinister. Know, yeah. It's not a night. It's not a night out, is it? I mean, it's not no, like it's, yeah, no. That's it's not, not like, a great it's not night like out. Going to the cinema, or the theatre. Yeah, really, no. but it's an important night out, and that's why I think I'd love to see the the movement move forward so that we can have these these nights where we go look. Let's just have a, an open conversation. What can you do? How can you talk to your child? How can you put, you know, boundaries in place to protect your child? How, what's your child's knowledge around? With, and I think the, the knowledge... See, it's it's not even the conversation. It's the way we have the conversation has yes. changed. And, and that's what you're changing. It's the way the conversation yes. is had. Because the way you're right. we're having the conversation. It can be very and dull. It can be very dark. It can be very sinister and sound quite horrible yeah. and put people off talking about it. But if you're talking about it in a more open fashion, and I'm not going to say blasé or disposable fashion, but certainly if you talk about it in a way that people are more understanding, I think more people will come out. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I see that all the time. And actually, some of the, the, the people on the collage, I don't know if you've seen the collage, it's got you know it's about 30 people on there now who wanted to be in the collage with me wearing their T-shirt. Um, now, some of them have taken, they bought the T-shirt like four weeks ago. It's taken them four weeks to have, a, have their picture taken to put on it. And I'm like, look, there's absolutely no rush. Um, yeah, no pressure. Yeah, there's no pressure. No pressure. And, and actually, some people, I'm like, just, if you don't want to wear it, don't. Just have it, have it close to you because that's empowering yeah. enough. Um, and, and there are some more palatable items on the website for people if they want to wear more subtle things. So, um, but it's. It is encouraging people. People are getting more confident. Once you put that message out the first time, it's a bit like, oh, holy crap, what have I done? Um, but it's out there and people can start to talk to you. And it, and, and it does change conversations within your own personal life because you're going to open up potential uh, complications with your own personal network around What do you say, by the way? Sorry, here's a, just a question. Let's say you know somebody years, maybe you work with them or they're just a colleague or a friend and they turn around to you and, and let's say, oh gosh, well you listened to Niall Boylan last night, he, he was talking to that girl, Jane, and they were talking about child sexual abuse. I was Emma abused. Jane. Or, sorry, I do apologise. Sorry, Emma Jane. I, I do apologise. Uh, but they, the person turns around and says, um, I was sexually abused as a child. 
What advice would you give to the colleague on how to deal with that conversation when somebody comes out to them, so to speak, about being sexually abused? Because that's a difficult thing. How do you react to that, you know, when somebody says that to you? Well, Condolences, first of all, I'm I, sorry, would, or? I, would, I would believe them um, straight away. I would be empathetic. I would listen and I'd be non-judgmental um, because you don't it's such a sensitive subject. You don't want to trigger someone by something that you're, you could say that could, you know, you might think you're giving good advice, but when you're dealing with this kind of complex conversation, don't give advice, (laughs) just listen, just be empathetic um, and believe, you know, survivors being believed is a really important part of this conversation. Now, no one is going to harbour that secret for years and go through all this stress and turbulence to come out and just say something flippantly. This is serious. And so we need to be empathetic. We need to listen. We need to have non-judgmental conversations. And I would always look, what can I do to help? Can I signpost you to someone, you know, who could uh, speak to you further? Maybe a professional is that, you know, how can I help you? Um, and it might not be that they want you to offer help, uh, get any help from you. They might just want someone to listen. Um, and that's a big step on itself. And it's you, quite scary. What, when I, what, I'm th- what I'm thinking too is when I'm looking at the website and I'm looking at things as subtle as, I say, a phone case, um, you know, that will have the words on it. You know, rather than somebody, if they don't want to verbally say anything, say they're in the workplace or they're with colleagues or friends, to have that is enough for somebody to maybe ask them the question if they see it. You know what I mean? And do, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? That, you know, if you, rather than coming out and saying it to somebody, if you, if you have a mug or a phone case or something yeah. even subtle, like the water bottle, for example, that I yeah. see there, I mean, that would then encourage people to maybe inquire and yeah. say, oh, I noticed yeah. your mug. Or, or, you know, I'm very sorry to hear you were sexually yeah. abused. Or, you know, and it, it kind of brings out the conversation rather than somebody having to announce it. Yeah, and that's why I've made a lot of that. So we've got we've got the in the face merchandise, which is obviously hard hitting. You know, I'm not ashamed to say I was sexually abused as a child. We've also got the more palatable uh, merchandise for exactly that, with a little yeah. hashtag "Not My Shame" or "Not Their Shame," which is obviously what our allies are wearing. And we're getting a load of allies. Thank you, allies. We need you. Um, <laughs> but but the "Not My Shame" merchandise is really important. Uh, just the simple hashtag because it can open up that conversation but of course I, I also think no one's going to buy that even the more palatable one unless they're ready to sort of have those you know in yeah. you know embryonic conversations or you know because it is it is such a difficult conversation this is so complex so so deep um and the trauma that will have been going through that person from a from a child through to adult is is something that not many people can get close to. I mean, survivors have an understanding of survivors, but every story is different. So you can't ever really fully appreciate what everyone's going through. You just got to keep listening. If you see someone with not my shame, you'll know straight away um, that that could be a conversation if you understand what that hashtag means. Um, And yeah, approach it very sensitively um, and delicately because you don't want to then re-trigger that person and send them into a spiral of darkness. 
Well, look, it's, it's a wonderful idea. I think it's a wonderful concept. I think it's a wonderful movement. And if people want to get involved, and maybe you've been down that road, unfortunately, Ireland has its fair share of victims and survivors in this country. Yeah. EmmaJaneTaylor.com. It's EmmaJaneTaylor.com. And there's a lot of great information in the community there as well, as well as the merchandise as well, and books to get uh, for, for information and help for people and support for people. Emma, it's been wonderful talking to you. And I have to say, it's quite enlightening, quite empowering for a lot of women maybe listening as well, and men who may have been sexually abused. Thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air tonight. Thank you, Niall. There you go. EmmaJaneTaylor.com is the website if you want to go. Not my shame. And she's right. Don't be carrying it around like baggage. Let it out. The more people that know, the more people you talk to, I think the better you feel about things like that in general. And that's just about sexual abuse, by the way, but only other things, dramatic things and traumatic things that happen in your life. You're listening to Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. With Recruit.ie. Download our job search app today. Search for Recruit.ie in your smartphone app store. Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. All right, let's go to uh, one of our own researchers here and producer, uh, Amanda. And Amanda joins us. Amanda, hi. Hello. Now, the, the reason I wanted to talk to you was because you have a story in relation to your own experiences in a job, was it, that you had at one stage? Yeah, so I was essentially a stenographer, I guess, in um, the criminal courts. And I would sit in on cases of sexual abuse, rape, that kind of thing. And just from sitting in on it and having first-hand experience, I understand now why people don't come forward, to be honest. I, I could imagine what that must be like because you have to listen to the gory details, so to speak, and the evidence being given, um, I suppose the victim in this case, in, in most cases, would be the state's defence and this, or the state's prosecution to, uh, witness. Yeah. So you have to listen to from start to finish. And of course, they make them go into real detail as to what happened on the night of the day in question. Yeah. So that must be, that must be really difficult to be in a courtroom all the time listening to that. It is, I guess. And, and you can't, like I know the other people in the courtrooms, like they zone out for most of it because they don't have to really pay that close attention, whereas I did, because I was obviously recording it and taking notes and stuff, so I had to pay attention. So, yeah, it was, I guess and it was do hard you, to do. Do you think you can become, because I, I know from doing this job over the last 30 years, I've spoken to rape victims, I've spoken to victims whose family members were murdered and have been witnesses. I've spoken to people who were abused, bullied, uh, people who have gone through the most horrendous situations in their lives. And, and I find that although I have empathy, absolutely, and I have a great passion for listening to people's stories, I do find that at a point when you listen to it enough, you do become a little bit desensitised to it. Oh, you do, 100%. Mm. 100% you become so desensitised. Like, it just yeah. doesn't phase you after a while, which sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't. It doesn't affect yeah. you the way it would at the beginning. And and do you think that people who work within those types of jobs should, I mean, is there counselling available for people who work in those yeah, types of jobs? Yeah, so anybody who would work there would be offered free counselling as part of their their job. Like if you were, wanted to avail of it, you could you could definitely have it. And are the jury, for example, in a, in, a, in a high profile case where you would have, you know, I suppose really, you know, evidence coming out, like the say the Graham Dwyer case, that would have been quite traumatic for the jury even because some of the details that came out in that were quite horrific. Um, would they be offered counselling as I'm well? I'm actually not too sure about the jury. Mm. I'm, I'm not too sure. I sat in on, on I don't know whether you remember Deirdre Morley. Yes, um, I Who do. was convicted. Yeah. yeah, she, I think it was non, not guilty on reason of insanity, I think it was. Yes, that's right. If yeah. I remember right, but I sat in on that and I and it was horrendous what the jury had to listen to. But I, actually, I actually don't think they're offered counselling. Yeah. I don't and think I, they are. 
In relation to your own sense of safety, I suppose, I mean, do, do you feel that you're kind of safe in those situations? Being in the room? Well, I, well no, no, not being in the room, I suppose, your own sense of safety as a, as a woman. Wait, after, oh, you've I, listened, after you've yeah. listened to the experiences of other women, because, of course, you're hearing the worst side of society. Oh, yeah, like Do you know what I'm saying? on a daily after, basis. I was yeah. terrified going anywhere. Yeah. I wouldn't go for a walk on my own. I wouldn't, anytime I was on my own, I'd be looking behind me. I, I was terrified for because you're listening Because on a daily basis, you're listening to the worst part of society. Yeah, and you realise how often it happens. But see, yes, I know it happens a lot. Yeah. But you're, you're hearing the times it happens. Most exactly. people don't yeah. hear that. And and it, it is only a small percentage of the population, of course, who are perpetrators or, or even victims of crimes like this. Uh, so, you know, realistically, the world is a reasonably safe place uh, because if we, I suppose if we all sat in those courtrooms on a daily basis, we'd probably all be afraid to leave the house. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. And, and do the perpetrators, because you would have seen the perpetrators, do they show empathy? Do they seem sorry? Do they seem remorseful, generally speaking? No. No. No, no. no. Most of the time they... they pretty much have a no expression really and even when they're given their sentence or given found out that they're found guilty they don't react at all and when when you look at the have you ever made eye contact have you ever you know with perpetrators that yeah definitely really horrible crimes and that that must be awkward or really difficult to make eye contact with somebody you know has committed such a serious crime yeah sure some of them would be on bail they wouldn't even be in custody and they'd be like getting into the lift with you after the <laughs> after oh, the no. day, right, so okay. or they'd walk awkward, through yeah. the park where you're going. Like I used to, I'd park in in the park around the corner, and they used they'd like be walking through the park as well, and like you'd they'd be around you, or you'd go for a coffee on your break, and they'd be out getting their lunch, and mm-hmm. you're just looking at them, thinking of like obviously some of them weren't. I know, I know, no, I know that feeling like, because I remember. Do you remember Joe O'Reilly, of course, uh, the famous Irish killer who killed his mm. wife? And I remember he lived in Swords and so did I. And I brought my children over one day to one of these fun places, you know, where they bounce around on, you know, slides and things. And he was there with his kid. Now, he hadn't been charged. He'd been questioned. And everybody knew he did it. Yeah. Everybody knew he did it. Uh, even the police. Everybody knew he did it. But he was sitting there having a cup of tea right in front of me. He's a big man. He's about six foot two. And I, I'm looking at him and he's like, kind of, like just literally four, four or five foot away from me. I was sitting there on a table just having a cup of tea. And I'm looking at him going, He's a murderer. I know. I mean, th- that to me was shocking. I can only imagine what it's like seeing that every single day. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It really is. Because you realise they're just all around us usually. You just don't think it when you're out and about, mm. but when you actually see them face to face, I guess. Yeah. And and finally, just in relation to the legal process itself, and you've been mm. through the legal, well, when I say you've been through the legal process, you see the legal process every single day. If a friend came to you who'd been sexually abused or sexually assaulted or raped, what advice would you give her, knowing, you know, what you know about the legal process? As a, a person and as a woman, I'd want them to have justice. But having seen the process of what they have to go through for the sentencing isn't what they can give isn't great either. And, and th- that's not down to, to individual judges or anything. I don't think it's down to to what they're actually allowed to give. The limits. The it's limits, not. Yeah. yeah, it's not enough. And when you are exposed to sexual abuse or you're raped, that's a life sentence for you. You have to live with that for the rest of your life. Mm. But they could get four or five years. It's like a slap on the wrist kind of thing, you know? So, I don't and know. When you, and when you're into court, one. you have to go through the whole thing all over again. Yeah. It's like it all happening again. Really, yeah, isn't it? it's a tough one. It is a yeah. tough one. Yeah. 
Listen, Amanda, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate no you talking problem. about that. It's just very interesting. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio, the multi award winning Nile Boylan show. Oh.